Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Fashademics Season 2, Episode 2. Hi, guys. We're back. You've got Sophie Hillier and Laura Arrowsmith bringing you lots of news, gossip, and general chit-chat for the next 40 to 50 minutes. I had to walk here because I've got no diesel. She's lying. She's got a full tank. But (laughs) I was just very lucky. I was just very lucky that... um, Luca filled my tank up. How nice. It was like the best present ever, Luca. Was like, is, oh! that your wed- is that your wedding gift? Um, it, felt, it felt better than my wedding gift, in honesty. Before, <laughs> honestly, before the crisis. And it was like, go on, put something, I'll get you petrol. Like, okay, put 20 quid in. And then he was like, no, no, get filling it up. I don't think I ever filled my tank. I think you're like one person or the other with your line, yeah? Yeah. I'm the person that runs low. Sorry, Dad. My dad's going to listen to this as number one Fashademics fan. And go, sorry for crying out loud, but I do run it down. I, I used to, but now I like, now I do fill it up when I do it. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to be the person that gets to halfway and fill it up. Yeah. I feel like it's made me change my ways. I'm really lucky that I haven't had to queue for fuel. I've had to go to a couple of stations to get mine, but I now think I am the victim of PR, marketing, media, whatever, because I saw a TikTok, because I'm down with the kids, (laughs) about how they... You know, apparently petrol goes out of date. Don't know if that's true. Surprised if that is true. Maybe someone could tell us. But apparently, like, COVID, people haven't been buying petrol, so they've had, like, this big backlog of petrol. And then now they're thinking, well, we need to get the economy going, get people spending money, so we're going to say there's a shortage, so everyone panic buys and go out and buy stuff. And the price is going up and, and up really and it's fine. I think it's, like, £1.34. Uh, by me the other day, there was one that I went past, £1.46 for diesel. Wild. Remember? Jokers. Remember back in the day, and it was, like, 98p. <laughs> when I passed my test, it <laughs> Was. Yeah, what a joke. God, we're showing our age now. Oh, showing our age. But I know we're here. We've got full tanks of diesel and we're here delivering. In case you were worried about to... us. Yeah, just wondering if we were like walking down the M6 home <laughs> or, you know, none of you even bothered to stop for us. And then the next thing is chicken. I mean, this is a fashion podcast we're talking about fuel. But hey, we're talking about it with our students today, aren't we? Actually, Christmas it's, turkeys. It's Christmas yeah. turkeys. But like, it's going to affect so much supply. Mm. Um, and it could be a fashion item. It could be, it could be coats. Imagine Have you seen the memes coat. about petrol and how, and they've got like you know the picture they used of Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> where he's like smirking and it's With like I've got an electric car. car. I love him and I love that. Yeah, that's my that's Ian again. So, hi Ian, very smug right now with his electric Peugeot. I bet he is. What a I really want an electric car, but hey, we are rambling. This is we a fashion podcast. Maybe we need like a, a side show. Maybe we need like just Laura and Sophie's rambles. We should just do this every now and again. But this kind of what this podcast is. It's just lots of um lots our, of our like in the know. It's just general chat. News yeah. topics. And that's what we're going to do again this week. We were talking about, you know, a, a lot of season one, we did loads of like themes, which really works. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Like, we, we talked about a whole one theme per podcast, but actually, we had some really nice feedback about our latest podcast um, that came out a fortnight ago. And it was the fact that actually within the in it's the like know section, up, yeah, it? we talked about a few different <clears throat> things. So I think depending on what's going on in the world, like so today, we've got loads of different things we want to talk to you about again, but just depending on what's happening um, each, each fortnight, it'll either be kind of one big theme or lots of other bits so oh we've got everything today from the Met Gala to In The Style yes again what else are we talking about LVMH, LVMH Gen Z oh we've got loads we've got an amazing interview uh, from one of our lovely luxury experts um, Alexandra Pauli that's oh worked. I loved oh, her she's oh she's so fantastic we promised you she's worked for Prada um, and some amazing luxury brands so we have a fantastic interview for you, for you guys um, from her so Buckling for episode two. Get a cup of tea. Get a cup. Well, no, I don't like tea. Do you not like tea? I don't like hot drinks. Oh, a honey tea. My best friend always says to me, whenever I'm stressed or anything going on, have yourself a honey tea. No, Matt don't Put want to Put the world to right. <laughs> have yourself a honey tea. Here we go in the know. Do, 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 do. Yeah, we feel like in the know needs like a whole like moment of its own. Pete, can you make us a little little jingle for the in the know? Yeah, he's nodding. Guys. Using those exact vocals that I've just provided <laughs> you all. So we are going to start with everything that's been well, a topic that's been on the tip of everyone's tongue and the news and media for the last seven days, and it was requested by a dear friend and listener of mine, Janine. Shout out, Jan, we love you. 
This is a shout out to my Jen. Uh, uh, yeah, this is not this is not a singing podcast. Oh, I wish what it are we was. doing? Um, so, <laughs> Jan. Oh, Jan had so much to say on the podcast, uh, not on the podcast, on Met Gala. She was like, literally coming to say, Sophie, please talk about it on the podcast. The Met Gala. The Met Gala. So, I mean, <laughs> where do we even start? I mean, the first, the obvious thing that we're going to start with is Kim Kardashian. I mean, what was she thinking, first of all? I just... I mean, I know this is a controversial thing to say, but I think she looks like she's going to rob a bank. And the reason why I think that's a bit offensive is she went through a massive ordeal in Paris where she was held at gunpoint by burglars, stole her ring, and then she's basically just dressed up as a burglar. I don't get it. Like, it was a Kanye show, was it a week or so before when she did... She's done multiple outfits all like in black, that, hasn't she? And maybe she's going like, to launch some, like, high fashion collection. Maybe this is her way to try and, like, do something so different. I don't get it. But I thought her and Kanye had split up. Are they back together? Well, What's the everyone's got was saying that they're getting married on stage, aren't they? Like, they're, re- like, they're remarrying on stage. That's the whole thing with, with I, the big white outfit. And I read something about... People, he was only following people who had blacked out their Instagram picture or something to do with this whole kind of like blackout thing. Yeah. But I just, the memes are just sensational. Oh You've got God. Kendall, who is just an absolute goddess, and she looked sensational. And then you've got somebody talking to her, and the memes are just like, Kim, is that you? <laughs> is that you? Is that you, Kim? I mean, I'm all for, you know, identity, uh, you know, or what do you expect from the Met Gala? The most abstract, crazy outfits. But yeah. I mean, this was just like, I, I think I suppose I want to understand what happens with the Met Gala every, every year is that they have these outrageous outfits, but nothing's come out unless I've missed something about what actually, what's the meaning behind it. Well, it's, it's a theme, isn't it? Well, every yeah, year they have a, a theme. It's American, it was American this, independence. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I, mean, I know, I know fashion is art and it's abstract and it's not like they ain't going to turn up with the American flag. Flag, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, what I, I actually would like to understand that further. So maybe some of our some some people have. You could see the connection, like um, Billie Eilish. Oh, she it. looked fat. Uh, Billie Eilish. You could clearly see there was a she, connection to Marilyn Monroe there. She looked sensational. She did look pretty good in the tool. But that was like the only, like I mean, only outfit that I just I don't know. Like I'm sorry, Rihanna and that rocking a bit in like blanket. You were wearing a duvet, love. I don't I, like. I just. I don't know. Maybe I'm just Miss Commercial Queen and just don't understand some aspects of high fashion and, and stuff like that. But I just... Well, people said, is she hiding a pregnancy? But I just think she's just wearing a, du- a, a duvet. It's almost like a competition to get like the most mm. press with the most mm. outrageous outfits. I just... I wouldn't say that Billie Eilish was my favourite, but I, I get the connection. Um, she was wearing Oscar de la Renta. Um, Beautiful. Gigi Hadid was wearing Prada, but I think that was really safe... Yeah. It was just the black and white. I didn't really get it. I thought it was a bit simple. Yeah. Wasn't really for me. And Some, it's somewhere in the middle. They've got these like like the simple outfits and then you've got these absolutely yeah. outrageous things that we can't quite understand. That's more art than a than an outfit. Yeah, and some people had gone with like slogans, like protest slogans. There was two yes, people that like. didn't that didn't dress the same, but they both were covered in like um loads of different flowers and apparently each um, of the 50 states of America, they have their own individual flower. So two mm-hmm. of them had like had every flower on their dress, oh, that's which clever. is cute. I like it. However, I did think two people have done it. So it's a bit... A bit oh, worse. they weren't intentionally. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Slightly different variations. Oh, so then you've got to like get the stylists all yeah. like, working yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. So you're not having those kind of clashes on the cat- on the catwalk, I on didn't, the red carpet. I didn't rate J-Lo. No. I just thought like it was just a bit too much. I think if she hadn't had the hat... And, the, like, the jewellery that she was wearing. You know, like, when we were kids, you'd wear those, like, disc belts. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They it should reminded be left in the me past. of that. They should be left in the Awful. past. Awful. Don't bring it back. It's not for me. The Doesn't one thing I did like about the Met Gala, and I'm not Lewis Hamilton's biggest fan. I'm not over him hurting Nicole Scherzinger yet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know carrying grudges um, that belong in the past, and I do realise I need to move on. But um, he paid for a table for um, lots yes, of emerging black that fashion designers mm. and artists and I just thought that's that's amazing it's given them a platform um and what an amazing platform for them and I just thought that was just something that was just so brilliant he's really passionate about EDI 
um, really passionate about racial equality in lots of different industries and has been spoken about that and I thought that was just a really yeah. strong move yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to give people an opportunity that platform as yeah, well because the Met Gala is just so far away from anything that any of us will yeah. ever attend aren't um, tickets like £25,000 oh, a ticket oh, oh, I don't wild know. Yeah. and then somebody posted the food and it was apparently it wasn't very good but do you know who I think also got it really really wrong and I do love her and I loved her recent TikTok where she was talking about um, I've got fat rolls too like the media like it's just normal is Camila Cabello ah uh, yes but I feel like she got it wrong in that purple outfit and her partner what's her um, Shawn Mendes yeah I feel like they were trying to be he was trying to be rock and roll like having like no shirt and just the blazer and I was like oh you're just not really hitting the mark and she just seemed a little bit as if she'd been wrapped in like it was a bit of a fancy dress thing, like wrapped in like yeah. glittery. I like just, I just didn't. I, I don't. I just don't understand. Yeah, I feel I like get, they both got it wrong. Like I think they still need to keep in, into consideration, like the 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 event itself, and like yeah, moving trying. Like I said, it always almost becomes a competition to who can get the most outrageous, pressworthy outfit. Yeah, I mean, you guys might be listening to us, and you might see Met Gala from a different perspective. So it'd be really interesting to hear what you guys thought. Mm. You know, we have seen a lot of comical approaches, especially to Kim Kardashian and stuff like that, and and lots of um, humorous comments made. But what do you guys think? Maybe like maybe it's just our commercial heads on. Yeah, uh, you know, someone that maybe works in high fashion might look at this and go, "Well, wow, that's that's about this, or this stands for that." And I think there's lots of hidden meaning. Hi- oh, hidden absolutely. Meaning yeah, yeah, yeah. And Supporting American brands. Yeah, absolutely. For me, star of the show, I know it was the, the most simplistic, but Hayley Bieber and YSL. Oh, don't, oh, mate, oh. I, just love, I just love Bieber. I just love the Biebers. I just think they're amazing. I'm not a big Justin Bieber fan, Stop but Hayley Bieber, Luca, but I just love him. <laughs> was just classic, understated, really elegant, YSL. I don't know if it was slightly velvet. Mm, um, absolutely gorgeous. That was my favourite, for sure. Yeah. Interesting. So going from that end of the celebrity spectrum, all the way, I keep saying down, sorry, sorry to say the word down, but we're going to go to Love Island. We're going to go to Love Island. Other side of the celebrity spectrum, we're going to go to Love Island now. Um, And we're going to talk about the fabulous collection that is coming from Liberty Pool. Uh, Birmingham girl. Yeah. BCU student. Big up, Brum. Yeah, BCU student. Um, I'm not a Love Island fan. <laughs> I am a Love Island fan, but only because at nine o'clock I have nothing else to do really apart from watch it. But no. what blows my mind is the fact that she's got a million pounds to do this collection. And I, I can't see her running out of the island and spending loads of time with the designers and really moulding it to her personality and her preferences because... As much as I think I'm in the style do a great job in terms of collaboration, I feel like if you take all the celebrities' collections and you put them side by side, the only variation is fabric patterns. It's not actually shapes. I, I agree with that. And you know what? It's the first time um, I was looking at all the comments um, when they put up there was a surprise post come in, um, a surprise collaboration, and a lot of people were saying Liberty. Um and I think it's a great move for the company. I mean, like I said, I don't watch Love Island. She comes across fantastic, very much a girl's girl, isn't she? And yeah. from what I've seen in the media about her, I think I think she's a great, a great person to be working with. I think she's style. the right person. Yeah. I think she's she's in terms of is she <clears throat> a dangerous celebrity and like could she brand damage in the style? I don't think she should. I think, you know, on the show she came across as a really genuine she wasn't after the money because she decided to leave on her own accord, which showed that she had true intentions to find love. Yeah. And I think people found her the most relatable. Um, and that's out so of all of them, and that's now. why she's right. And actually, you know, we were talking about celebrity marketing and stuff like that last week, and like I, I, I said, I'd, I'd made some commentary in the Retail Gazette about Jay Z and Beyonce, and I just think that is a really dated choice. Yes, they're iconic. Yes, they're performers, and maybe they're more so artists than celebrities anymore. But I don't think they're commercially viable at this moment in time. Like when you compare it to people, you know, like Billie Eilish and people like that, they're, they're yeah. the people of the moment. And I think yeah. moments move on. But what what for me now is really important between celebrity and influencer. It's just that relatability. Like I yes, thought it was really interesting. Sure. Um, to see, um, obviously, shortly after they announced um, Beyonce and Jay-Z, they've actually uh, announced now um, Emma, the uh, British tennis player that won oh, the US 18 Open. Year yeah. old, she's fat. Amazing. And you yeah. know what? Like, yes, yes, she's still... I said, obviously, Jay-Z, I don't think Jay-Z and Beyonce are that relatable anymore in terms of, like, they're worth millions. They're just so far away. And I think people are looking for those relatable celebrities. I've said this before. Yeah. And I think, um, at least with Emma, yes, she's... 
She's, she's not. She's a sports person. But her story and how she got to where she is it was like a fairy tale, wasn't it? Absolutely, it was, and that's what's relatable yeah. about it. Mm. So I think whether you are worth millions, whether you're a sports star, whether you're a musician or an artist, whatever you are, it ain't about like followers anymore. It's not about um, whether you're like in the celebrity era class of person it's about talent it's about purpose it's about that relatability yeah. and I think that's actually a really great move for Tiffany now yeah. so obviously sorry go on a tangent as always but kind of going back to Liberty Pool um, yeah it's the right choice for the brand but it's the first time I mean in the style comes up on my Instagram all the time because they do those competitions like daily yeah, don't they yeah, yeah. win this win this win this and it's the first time I actually sat I think it's probably because what was what I'm doing for my PhD in terms of we call it discourse analysis. So spending time going through um, social media commentary to see what people are saying, and um, and so many people weren't negative about the choice, but were like, "Come on, in the style, stop regurgitating." Like you said, the same, same collection with just a different celebrity yeah, name yeah, yeah. on it. And you know it's me, I boring, love it. I love it? in the style, but I think yeah, they've done so well on building their model mm. uh, of their business, and like he's worth so much money and he is amazing and you know we've had it's clearly worked hasn't it like yeah but it's almost like it needs there needs to be a mix up now and I'm hoping that's what Liberty is going to do she did say on her social media that um this is your collection this is ours we're, oh, we're going to do it together what a great tone of voice exactly Dad. and that's what I thought she is nailing this she is listening to her audience and saying this isn't about me this is about us and what we want to wear yeah and I, I was like yes girl let's but now let's put you know, yeah. put it out there and see what yeah. you're actually going to produce. Because if now she comes with the same standard smock dress and, yeah. you know, baby doll dress and we're going to have wrap dress it, like the usual, yeah. I will be disappointed. Like the I, Jacqueline Joster stuff. Um, Stacey Solomon, yeah, it's still it's the same. Been, it's the same knit, you know. Just new season colours and stuff yeah. like that. Which is, you know what? It's if it working. works, it works. It's working. But like you said, it'd just be good to see something completely different. But maybe they've been really strict because of the pandemic as well because... At a point, people obviously haven't been buying certain, yeah, certain yeah. items and maybe still worried about going out, so I have kind of adapted to more mm. casual wear. It's, it, obviously, they will do their research and they will know, but I think it would just be a really interesting one. I just, I just think it could be really different. Yeah, I hope so. And, and I think, as I said before, she's the best person for the job because I think people have warmed to her so much they're yeah. going to want to not only support her but wear what she's yeah. wearing, I guess. I mean, I just, I just can't abide Love Island, but it's really, it's, it's nice to read nice things about people. It's a money from maker, Island. isn't it? Um, there's yeah. another girl in it who's just signed a collection with. Uh, I saw it first, which is interesting. Of why Liberty didn't go with I saw it first, considering they Let's were the brand that sponsor Love Island. So who's been signed with I saw it first? I think her name's Lucinda. Oh, interesting. But she was out probably at the middle. Yeah. See, it put me off because I do get some stuff from my sort of first. I've said it before, but like, because I'm just so anti Love Island, it was uh, there was a point where I just w- couldn't even go on the website anymore because I was being flooded with photos of like skinny, super like glamour. Yeah, exactly. Love Island, it's, and I was you like, can't connect nah, with it. No, you can't connect with it. No. If I see a girl my size or. Or, you know, shape, whatever, style, I'm more likely to connect with them. Yeah. And I, I hope people don't have insecurities. But when influence and celebrities come online and they say, do you know what, I'm having a, a fat day, or do you know what, I'm a little bit Love conscious of my that. stomach or my upper arm, so this is what I do. That's what I like about Jacqueline Joss when that's she's what, just a takeover. So yeah, style, that's what yeah. I love. I'm like, yes, okay, you, you are human. You yeah. feel how I feel about myself, so therefore I'm, I'm invested in you and your yeah. journey, and I like to see how what you're doing, and I think that's what works. Yeah, in the style, I've, been, I've done that so, so well. But I am going to have to say right now, I... Oh, honestly, I am obsessed with Married at First Sight. You are. Oh my god! I mean, I've watched all the other seasons, but obviously this season has just been incredible. But you know what? And I'm sure some of these people will already get deals. I mean, you know, I follow a lot of them, and they're already getting gifted this, that, and the other. But I do. I know it's like a reality TV. It's around love, but I think there's just a, a bit more reality to it because th- these people aren't in this like trapped villa in bikinis all the time. Like, I, I don't know, I just think these people are a bit more authentic. A bit yeah, more however, everybody that was on Married at First Sight this year has been in other TV programme. <gasps> like that... Morag. Morag. She oh, was I in love the, you, Morag. What's the no-likey... <laughs> no-likey, no-likey... Tell you, was she, she was that? in that. 
they've all been in something like that. So then it just makes me think, mm, oh, okay, are I might you have doing to it for that fame? Back. But I do love my, uh, Married at First Sight. Um, it's amazing. Back to um, in the start where I think about it, there's a lady on Instagram. It's her and her partner. It's Ash and... Chel, I think it's Ash and Chell's life stories. Oh, um, that, that was and your, she does yes, a takeover, yeah. and she's. I think you would categorize her as plus size. She's a, she's a curvy, beautiful lady, and I love that she took. She gets a belly at and She's like, yeah, this is yeah, this is me. And I, she just is fantastic, and she is relatable. And she says, do you know what? Um, I'm a bit conscious of my middle, but this dress does this, or I'd wear it like this. If I'm going out for drinks, I'd wear this. If I was going shopping, I'd yeah, do this. Yeah, she's ice. And I'm just, do you know what? She's just so honest, so down to earth. They've got so it right there in the style. She's love. perfect. And I think I sent you her like six months ago um, when you she was did. just, she only had her? like yeah, a couple of thousand followers. And I just thought the way that she explained things, she's so funny. And then she's grown um, uh, following on TikTok and then Instyle picked her up. And I'm just so proud of her and her journey and, and what she stands for. And I'm like, Let's yes. Get her on here. It's that relatability thing, isn't it? I didn't realise it was the same person. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible, though, that she's having that, that much like, publicity oh, in that now. Because, it's, again, it's yeah. an influencer yeah. with purpose that like, exactly. builds on body confidence. You can connect like with people. Um, which is uh, fantastic. So moving on to people, moving on to Gen Z specifically. This was something that you, Good old you Gen brought Z. up today, Laura, didn't you, when we were talking? We've been in, in university today lecturing on site with our students, we which have. has been fab. Um and um, Laura was telling me about LVMH and how they're invested in um, yeah in recruiting from Gen Z, which is great. Yeah, so they've said that they are going to recruit 25,000 people under the age of 30 by the end of next year, um, which is a great move because great. I think... There's plenty of like, roles in that as well. Yeah, like, but is it, across, is it store? Because obviously not going to be head office, so it must be in terms of like retail, is it yeah. distribution, is yeah. it logistics, like what is it? Like, I think I just need to do a bit more digging on clarity there. Um, they have so many brands under their umbrella as well, so... Yeah, so it's it's across the world. It's not just, you know, in one particular area. Um, but they're saying that they're going to hire these people regardless of um, background or training. And it specifies 5,000 internships and apprentice, apprentice positions globally and 2,500 permanent employment contracts um, in France alone. Um, so I think it's really interesting, but... I guess we, we we saw both sides. We were like, okay, yeah. this is brilliant. I People think we were thinking about our students, weren't we? Thinking, yeah. wow, we've got some opportunities here. Yeah, in loads of different aspects. But then we're like, oh, is it slightly ageist? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I I do. Uh, the more I think about it, yes. Like we were talking, to, we're doing a, again a great project with our students about um, diversity, equality, and inclusivity. And we were talking about I can't remember. It was a brand that you mentioned, Laura, where their their recruitment. Um, application online asked if the female was going to get pregnant oh, in the yeah, next 12 yeah. months. It, was, it wasn't, I think if it was read indeed, it was one of those. Um, yeah. And it asked, and I was like, how dare you? Yeah, like, that's no. none of your business. So if I was to say, oh, I'm, I plan I'm to have sure kids. I'm sure that's illegal. Yeah, I think it has to be illegal. I'll try and find out where that was from. But yeah, they asked her, are you, are you pregnant? Are you planning on having children? Like, it's Rude. like, why? None of your business. But I do think, it's, it's like, yes, okay, it's fantastic that we're giving some opportunities to, to Gen Z. And I think, you know, bless, bless Gen Z, I'm really patronising them, but they do come, there's, there's so much good about them that he said, obviously, we're, 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 we're pinpointing, what's the word, we're like, um, putting people in groups here, and I don't necessarily like doing that sometimes because we're kind of really honing on this group or a certain age. But there's a lot of stuff in the media about this generation as well, like quite negative. And I think it's it's just a great platform, I think, because we're dealing with that generation now and we can see such potential in our students and such potential in Gen Z. It's fantastic to see, especially a luxury brand, a brand that some of our students dream about going to work with or, yeah. or, or an umbrella of brands. It's great to see that, but... Like they, we say, we say to our students, you don't put your age on your CV. No, because why it should shouldn't you? matter whether uh, you know. We we've had it before, haven't we, about our age around working in in academia, working for a university. Yeah. You know, and we've we've I know Laura more so than me has, has felt um, discrimination because because of our age and working in, in the industry we do. I think a lot of people think that lecturers are going to be of a certain age, but you know, you, it doesn't matter how old you are. It, it depends on your experience and all these other things. But you'd never say to a teacher. Oh, you're you're so young no, to be a teacher. No, so it's, it's age of discrimination. So how? Yeah. So how? 
the interesting thing will be that they've said yes we hope to recruit or we're going to how are they going to get around like, the legal elements of that and how they're going to word it because they can't if they're if the if someone that's maybe in the 40s 50s 60s applies for that role and they're perfect for it are they going to turn or maybe they're creating role i don't know or it's a graduate field. that finishes university at 40 and they can't apply like yeah. it just seems mad and i think yeah, that's a really you, good point mature students yeah, we yeah. have mature students you're, all the you're time this out. but it's, it's the same thing about it's, it's being ageist you know if you are 50 60 years of age and you have such a breadth of experience and you're not employed based on your age it's discrimination you can't do that yeah. i mean my friend that said about um she applied for a job and it did say um, it was, are you pregnant? Are you planning on being pregnant? Um, all those questions within this job application. Um, I think how they got around it was they said, as part of the um, Equality Act, blah, 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 we want to understand. So it's it's, it's not the Equality Ooh, Act. It's actually no. singling you out because I don't think you, I think you'd be less likely to employ someone if you knew they were going to have a baby in the next couple of months because oh, you're investing so will, much time yeah. and money even though you absolutely shouldn't, but I think people do people, it. People do it's do that, it. That un- idea of unconscious bias, isn't yes. it? So they'll go, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And it could be a factor, and, and that's not fair, and it's not the way it should be. Um, so it would just be interesting the way they maybe, you know, if we, if we watch this issue and we watch, you know, how this develops, how are they going to yeah. write this into roles? Yeah, how are they going to promote this so that it isn't discriminative? Yeah. So it's like a great incentive, but then you kind of, she on the other foot and go, hang on a second, but is it? Yeah. So it just, just, just very It'd be interesting. interesting how this pans out and also, obviously they are still employing for other roles, but it would be interesting to see what roles these 25,000 jobs are. Yeah, interesting. Um, and then last little issue on the list is, and I'm going to start with this because I'm fed up of being told otherwise, she in, not Sheen, please stop saying Sheen's me. She in. It is she in. It is 100% she in. Um, you know what? You know how I know that? Because I Googled it. <laughs> it's from she inside. So I just, yes, just to clarify, it's she in. It's formally known as like your she ag of the day. In, so ag of the day. Um, most downloaded app yeah. has more app downloads That's mad. than Amazon. That's mad. See, I, I don't understand that, but I don't shop on Shein. Uh-huh, well done. I do. I do. I've had some lovely stuff. I've, I've never had a couple had of bikinis yeah. in the summer for holiday, but I've not shopped for anything else. But I think that's because I'm five foot eight and I think that everything's just too short on me. The sizing's everywhere. out. It's, it's Chinese, isn't it? So I think a lot of the sizing's out um, and their size guides aren't great. But in terms of quality and all the items I've ever received, because they're not cheap, they're not Primark cheap. Yeah. I mean, some of the dresses are like, you know, five ninety nine, But like some of the other stuff, you know... You, you spend you can spend a lot more on there. Um, obviously, I don't know enough about the manufacturer. They're very private, closed off company, so you can't know too much about them. But it's just really interesting as a which as worries a fashion me. Pla- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. With um, from a sustainability and transparency, absolutely. Um, and on the back of that today, Boohoo, fab, well done that you have released your list of suppliers, one thousand one hundred suppliers. So that'll be interesting to see how they promote that and how yep. they start to use that as a. I think they need to with all the bad press and yeah. like we spoke about previously about fur being in their supply um, chain yeah. and blah, blah, blah. They needed to. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah interesting. interesting. Also, while I think about it, you know our very, very, very first episode where oh, so our long ago. Uh, like to know was the Udi. <gasps> yeah. Have you seen that everyone's going crazy? Primark have released a version. Of course they have. Of course I mean, I it's have. a bit late to the party, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah like, uh, I had an email them, off them last night, actually, because they're now doing, like, the oversized T-shirts as well. Udi or Primark? Oday, okay. a very personalised email, and there's like a French bulldog one. Of course, there is that matches my actual Oday. Um, but they're still they're like forty four quid. I'm like I'm so, like for over. Ouch. I'll just go to pro- in that case. This just a t shirt there. What their unique selling point product is their 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 themed Oodies and the fact that you know they're, they're super long and warm and all that jazz. But if I want an extra large t shirt with French bulldog on it, I'll just get one off Amazon and order it in a men's size ten XL. Or do the ones where you can customise and actually have your proper dog's face on. Oh, I've got loads of those. I did that. It was my um, boyfriend's fiancé's birthday last week and one of his presents. I always have to get a joke present. But it is, um, you can't take, I took a picture of my dog and um, they make it into an air freshener for your car. So it's oh, just I his saw head. those. Yeah, love yeah, it. Absolutely Very happy brilliant. with it. So Very yeah, cute. Shein, most downloaded app. I would look, I'd like to hear. About Over Amazon. People. 
Yeah. Is it Amazon fashion or Amazon in general? Amazon in general. that is wild. Yeah. Also, um, read yesterday that Amazon, in terms of sustainability, they throw away 130,000 mm. products a week, go to landfill. Mm. Amazon man, do better. Naughty. Naughty. Hi guys, we are joined by the fantastic Alexandra Pauli, who has worked with the most incredible brands. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alexandra. How are you? Or would you prefer to be called Alex? Alex. I'm Alex. definitely more Alex. Okay. Yeah. We'll stick we'll Alex. go with Alex. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. So we, we, we love your official title. We love it. You're, you're a luxury fashion consultant and you've had an amazing career and worked with some amazing brands, mainly in buying. Um, as we've spoken to today, uh, and um, I, you know, I just love, I love the line on your um, your Instagram that Prada or Nada. I just love, I love it. <laughs> I did a long stint there, so yeah, it is Prada or Nada for me. I have to say, I <laughs> oh, love that, love that. So, tell our listeners a bit about your career. So we we know about you and what you've been doing, yeah. but it'd be really great um, if you know, to talk about your amazing career in the luxury industry and how, obviously, in the last um, last few months, you've set up your own business, haven't you? you you've, you've got, yeah. you've got, you've flown solo. Um, but yeah, to solo now. Tell us all about it. Tell us about your journey. So I have been in the industry for over 15 years. I started out in Canada, where I'm from, um, in Toronto. I Straight out of uni, I got a job as a receptionist at Holt Renfrew. So for anyone who doesn't know what Holt Renfrew is, it is um, the same owners as Selfridges. Oh. So big department store yeah. in Canada. Um, so yeah, receptionist, literally answering phones and being a bit of a PA to a couple of um, the big dogs. And very quickly, I think they noticed my love of fashion and my knowledge of fashion and my interest. And uh, yeah, I got a promotion into the buying office. Started right at the bottom there as well, um, being a buying assistant. Um, I had something funny happen when I was at Holt Renfrew where very, not very quickly, I'd say a year or so in, my buyer got the sack. And so as an assistant, I kind of had to step up and I got the opportunity to go to New York and wow. do all this traveling. And, um, you know, there was nobody else to do the job. So I just had to do it. Um, so yeah, that kind of gave me a bit of experience. Um, but the thing is about Canada is, uh, there is, only one big department store, luxury department store like that. I mean, things have changed now, mm -hmm. but back then there was only Holtz. So my choice was stay in Canada and stay there forever or pack up and come to London and see what else there is where, you know, like a major fashion hub. Wow. So I did that and I didn't have a job when I came. Um, so, you know, I spent the first like month or two kind of going on loads of interviews and seeing what's going on. Um, and then from there, I went to Bergdorf Goodman's foreign buying office. So they had a little office in London where we focused on uh, British designers. And so we would kind of vet the designers for Bergdorf's. Uh -huh. um, after that, um, I basically went to a little consultancy. I worked there for a little while working with um, a lot of companies in the Middle East. Um, so that was actually quite good for my career, which eventually, which I didn't know at the time, because I really wanted to work with a store in London, um, a British store, and I was doing all these kind of other things, like working for an American store, working with the Middle East. Um, but yeah, in the end, it kind of gave me an all-rounder view of, of the world and how the world buys and how they see fashion. Wow, that's, that's um, so interesting. You, you moved to London, then you worked, for, worked and brought within all these different other countries and cultures, even though you, you'd come from Toronto to London. Exactly. Wow. And all I wanted to do was work for Selfridges. So I did just that. Oh, I love that. Um, I kept applying and applying and interviewing. And then the recession happened. I remember I was so close to getting a job. It was in lingerie and something I really didn't want. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I would do, I'll do anything basically at that time. And, um, yeah, the recession happened. Things got put on hold as you know. And then I just kept trying. I eventually got, um, another job there. I helped them launch their online website. So they had, they didn't have a website at that time, if you can believe it. Wow, um, that's mad I to think any brand. I know, no. isn't it? Yeah, isn't it crazy? It's archaic that they didn't have one. And um, basically, my boss, the, the woman who hired me, said, you do this for one year, Alex, and you know, you've got yourself a buying job. So I did it. I wow. launched the website for them. And um, they moved me. And true to her, her word, I mean, almost within a year, it was like 11 months or something, she moved me to be the contemporary designer buyer. 
And I stayed there for years. I loved that job. It was wonderful. But, you know, just like with everything, you kind of start to outgrow it. Um, I just wanted more and different brands. And I really wanted to work on the brand side as well. I had done so much multi-brand that mm-hmm. I really wanted to see the other side of the spectrum. And uh, I really wanted to work for one of the big four. So either Chanel, Dior, um, Prada, or Vuitton. And uh, yeah, again, I just I did just that. <laughs> so I moved to Prada. Amazing. And, uh, Prada or Nada. Prada or Nada. <laughs> and yeah, then I did a, a seven-year stint there. And, wow. Uh, it was wonderful. I mean, one of the best jobs I've ever had. I really love Selfridges as well. Selfridges is a fabulous store. Um, but yeah, Prada was, I mean, an experience I'll never have again. There's not many legends like Mrs. Prada who are still alive. That's to be true. able to work there during her time um, and collaborate. And, you know, it's just an amazing amazing experience but again just like anything else I outgrew it as well and <laughs> wanted to I wanted to do something on my own so yeah I wanted to I did miss the multi-brand side I did miss um you know different different brands you know when you work in multi-brand at one point I was buying like 115 brands it's just something ridiculous. wow god how do you even keep tabs on that I couldn't I mean <laughs> I, <laughs> I was all over the place I was like just chasing my tail honestly it's insane and think about the amount of orders when you have that many brands I mean yeah. it's just non-stop um so yeah I wanted to do a bit of both and why shouldn't I and so I thought yeah I'm gonna start my own thing also I've got as I mentioned I've got um a couple of boys um so it also worked with my lifestyle and you know I, I do want more of a work-life balance and now I think that's on everyone's mind yeah Absolutely. Most we've all learned so many lessons haven't we about how we can work mm, well productively exactly. and work should work around us really most yeah, exactly. definitely but it's that's not right. a traditional like you know 30 40 50 years ago it was the wife would stay at home cook and clean because there's a load of things going on around Instagram saying that it's not the standard 40-hour working week is it is it the Netherlands or Iceland or who have changed the working week to four yeah, days instead of five? And they're saying, yeah, yeah, and they're just saying that we need to adapt that. and evolve, that, you know, we are, women are very much equal to men in terms of working. So, you know, it should be re- reviewed. And I definitely, definitely agree. So do I. Absolutely. So, yeah, this has given me the flexibility. And like I said, I get to um, travel a bit more because with Prada, I really went to um, Milan and Paris. Um, mostly, mm. but again, with Selfridges and other companies I work for, I went all over. I mean, it's taken me to India. It's taken me all over the world. Amazing. Um, that's yeah, the dream, think, isn't it? That's the dream yeah. like, to, yeah, to go into sure. buying and to, and to work your way and starting with, like, you know, you said, like, buyer's assistant and working your way up to then be that person traveling around the world. But then, like you said, you get to a point where now, now for you in your career and where you are and having young children... You want you, you kind of almost not don't want that anymore, but it's got to change. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Priorities change. Yeah, things change. Priorities change, and uh, you know, I think it's all very glossy on the outside. But once you're in it, I think once you've been to a show and it's all the same people at yeah. Once you've done every it, time, you know, it, it just mm. gets a bit tedious at times because. Sometimes the love is sucked out of it because you're forced to go to things you don't want to go to. You miss um, things because you're somewhere else. Yeah, you, you can't pick and choose, right? So it's, it is, um, and it's very full on. I mean, you're nonstop working, you know, 14, 15 hour days when you're mm. away. And because everyone thinks you're just having a jolly kind of <laughs> yeah. laughing yeah. about. But no, you're, you're really, uh, it's hard work. Because, yeah, not only are you doing the showrooms, the shows, um, various things, but then you go home in the evening and sometimes you have to do mandatory, you know, dinners with clients and all sorts Mm. of things, but then you've still got the orders to do. So in the evening, that's what you're doing until one in the morning. So it is just, uh, you know, really full on, but, uh, I'm, I'm quite happy now to do it at my own pace. So do you feel, I think there's that negativity around the luxury sector in terms of it being quite brutal. I think it's the whole Devil Wears Prada thing. But you said that you've really enjoyed your time working for um, the kind of like the elite brands. Did you find that? I have, yeah. I don't know if I have just been lucky or I don't know. But I I mean, I've met, don't get me wrong, I've met some really foul people. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we all? But you get that at the bottom, don't you? You get it, it probably gets somewhere at Primark, head off Primark versus Prada. I'm sure there's, yeah, it's people, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. There's, you know, there's people like that everywhere that are just really difficult. But I have to say, I mean, my friend from Selfridges, I'm still very close with. We still try to meet each other when we can. Um, Yeah, these are like friends for life now, you know, and I've met a lot of really amazing, inspirational people and so yeah, I can't I can't say too many bad things about it. I mean, of course, 
there are the moments with, that you really like see some things. I've definitely seen some things, <laughs> but, but I, I'd say the good has outweighed the bad for me, definitely. Could you ever see yourself going, like, I mean, I know you started on your own. This is probably a really random place. Could you ever see yourself not working in luxury? What have you got? It's an yeah, amazing no. job offer. Say Primark came to you or one, I don't know, a UK um, fast fashion brand. Would you, would you consider that move? A hundred percent. I love the high street. And uh, I mean, it, they say it's actually harder to move from luxury to high street than the other way around. Oh, because... I heard it was the other way. So this is interesting. Really? Yeah. yeah no, I've always, and a lot of recruiters have told me that because I, I said I'm, I was open to high street brands. I was open to fast fashion. I was open to, you know, all kinds of things. Um, they've always said that to me because um, it's just a different pace. I think, and and it's working with manufacturers directly. It's it's just a, a different ball game, I think. But yeah, no, I would love to do that. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love that. So I'm 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 so team. I'm just cheap. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm so team value. But who? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm a complete bargain hunter. So obviously, with your obviously amazing experience in the luxury sector, so do you feel there's like a huge difference? with quality within like manufacturing if you can if you compare the luxury sector to to the high street sector so this is a wishy-washy answer you're not you're probably not gonna like it (laughs) yes and no because I've worked for Prada and Prada has impeccable standards I've been to their factory in Tuscany when you are there and you see the hand craftsmanship the workmanship Mm. the women who have worked for the company for you know 40 plus years um who are just so skilled at what they do i mean they do for instance in in prada there's something called ricamo and basically that means like an embellishment or um it can be a jewel it can be like a a crochet pattern Mm. but it's something um it's all done by hand at the prada factories so that's the kind of workmanship that you're paying for everywhere yeah and and all the factories are in italy um Honestly, it's incredible. And I, I know they do have some things on their website that show um, how handbags are hand finished and, yeah. you know, all these kinds of like all the craftsmanship. But until, unless you go, you you just don't, you can't see it properly, you know, like it really is amazing the care that's taken because the truth is if there's something wrong, if there's even one thing found wrong with it, it's going to start all over again. It has to be perfect. Does that go into um, a sample sale then? <laughs> off, yeah, exactly. In the bin, more or less. <laughs> oh, no. I would yeah, love I to be that so. bin. I, would, yeah. <laughs> I can fly be the Prada bin. So, but do yeah, you... the, I, the, from my time at Prada, I can just say that it's oh, it can be so incredible and it can be really beautiful product and it, and it has that hand touch to it that, you know, you can't get everywhere else. But on the flip side... I have a high street blazer that's over 10 years old that everyone asks me where it's from. And, uh, you know, for 10 years for it to be in perfect condition. So it's yes and no, because I think it just depends. You know, what I would say is, I'm not going to name names, but oh, again, no, do my it. Time at do it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. They won't work with me. Um, no. <laughs> uh, at my time at Selfridges, you know, I bought, like I said, over 115 brands. And, you know, there's there's lots of luxury brands I bought and worked with oh. where, you know, the factories were in China or they were somewhere where perhaps the quality is of a lesser standard because it's worked on faster or, you know, for whatever reason. Mm. Um, yeah. And I've had like a lot of designer things fall apart on me very quickly, faster than, you know, things that I bought on the high street. So I think so it's interesting. Yeah. Me and Laura are like, knife we're like, floor. come on, tell us, <laughs> give us the exactly. deets. Well, I mean, what, what I think people need to do is do their research mm. and do the research on the brand. Where do they have their factories? You know, what are they doing? Are their ethics in line with my ethics? You know, like it's now it's 2021. There's, a lot of information out there, you know, align yourself with a brand that you, you know, have a connection with and, and that, that you, you're happy with what they're doing. So uh, how do you feel about the Chanel 12.5% price increase this year? I know. <laughs> not, not very happy. Fuming. I was going to go, you know, but no. Uh, yeah. I, uh, the again, product's not changed things, though. The product I'm, isn't changing at all. So do you think not. that it's just, you know just year on year price increase or do you think do you know what yeah I think so um because I know Hermes did something quite similar as well Mm. um yeah I guess from what I understood it's a lot to do with demand 
and it has to do with like inflation and various other things. Although, you know, they can't use inflation really this year as an excuse. Heartbreaking. Um, Heartbreaking yeah, is what it is. It's a tricky one, that one, because I, I suppose it is down to the demand of it. And so if you've got people, if you've got it selling off the shelves, I don't know. I suppose it's, then... it's tricky. It's almost like identifying who their consumer is because so many people yeah. I've seen online have said, actually, I'd rather save an extra couple of grand and get like a Hermes bag instead of a Chanel. Um, yeah, exactly. See, I find it interesting to hear you say about that and hear you say about like demand because obviously I've, re- I've uh, read a lot about you know, business of fashion and places like that are posting about the increase. Mm. And you can see like people, like followers on Instagram are kind of saying, is it because people aren't buying? So from a, from a consumer yeah, yeah, perspective, yeah. people are like, well, people aren't buying them anymore. It's because, oh, I don't really want Chanel anymore. Or is it because of COVID and people haven't, you know, at first I thought, well, no, maybe Chanel haven't been as popular because of COVID. Therefore, they're trying to increase their prices so they'll get their money yeah, back. It's just interesting. You, just, you, know, you don't know, but obviously... Totally. It's, that could easily be the strategy as well. But I have to say that, I mean, there was queues. Was it June 30th? That was like the last day. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was. There's queues everywhere for people to get um, items. But the other thing I would say oh. is like the resale market is so huge at the moment. So mm. yeah, why would you? Why would you spend all that exactly money when you, when can, you buy... can go on Vestiaire or go yep. somewhere else? And well, again, that's where I've been looking because <laughs> yeah. I am never going to be able to afford that. I think they're pushing like seven grand now for a Chanel 2.5, they are. which yeah, is just they are. madness. But I guess you want what you want. I mean, I've wanted one since I was probably about 14, 15. So for me to get, to have one would just be like, um, like the dream. The dream. But then you think it's so silly because it's a bag. And, you know, I doubt it costs even a quarter of that to produce the bag. So therefore, it's definitely, again, good quality. You'll keep it forever. There's all kinds of bonuses to it. Cost per wear depends how much you're going to wear it. But um, let's be honest, it's, obviously overpriced yeah but then I guess it's also the consumer likes to feel like they're they've got something that that everybody else hasn't or not many people have it's that like exclusivity thing so it's it's I guess it's what you value but for me I'm kind of like steering away from it now and thinking do you know what (laughs) at the end of the day it's just a bag it's just a bag no, um, I agree. And I think a lot of people are feeling that these days as well. I, I think the pandemic has massively changed people's perspective. And, you know, sure. so many people have said, I'd rather spend my money on experiences and holidays and doing mm-hmm. things rather than materialistic things. So I think perspective has changed dramatically. So I wonder if that may alter the luxury industry going forward. I think definitely. I mean, I can only speak for myself and I feel exactly that way. I mean, my husband has been hounding me to let him know what I want for my 40th. And I mean, I don't know. I, I was thinking about a watch about, he was, I mean, he was kind of dropping them all and in my head, <laughs> I was like, but where am I wearing it? Like, what am I doing? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Where are we going now? Totally. And I, the truth is, and this is going to sound very bad. And I, I'm one to wear my clothes. I keep my, I've, I still have clothes from my whole Renfrew days. I keep things for a very long time. Um, and I still wear them cost per wear. Um, but yeah, I just have a closet full of clothes that I've not been able to wear. So yeah. it seems so silly to, to do that, you know, to, to all of a sudden just add on more luxury items and, mm. and feel it further when, as you know, like our, as we said, our lifestyles have changed. Yeah, dramatically. So yeah, mm. I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to observe in the future about how the luxury sector will change in terms of their clients and demand. Um, but one thing that I did want to touch on is, um, EDI, um, you know, being mm-hmm. at the forefront of everyone's yeah, minds in every industry, isn't it? I mean, yeah, absolutely. the UK has fallen apart. I mean, at, at the time of recording, I will say, because this podcast will go out a, a fair bit after, but we're recording right. it just after the Euros and we've seen, That's right. we've some, seen some horrific Oh, we have. It's just, it's just broken me and it's just so, so upsetting to understand that people think that way and it's just it's just mad to me it's mad to have gone from being so proud of a country to then almost being ashamed of uh, yeah I am I actually am yeah it's such an important conversation and I think Covid's brought it to light hasn't it yeah massively but those of you that don't know what EDI is EDI stands for equality diversity and inclusion so um what I want to ask is do you think that the luxury sector can be inclusive and exclusive at the same time so I know how we've spoken about um you know people like to wear luxury because they feel that it's exclusive and it's something that not everybody else has but how is the luxury industry being inclusive when we look at you know the vast amount of consumers that buy into luxury that's such a tricky one I mean I think it's 
quite hard for brands to be exclusive and inclusive. Um, I don't know. One brand that I think that's gotten it right is Gucci, um, where they've done, you know, for instance, they're like accidental influencer. I don't know if you've seen those on TikTok. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like a fun kind of like nice way that you feel a part of the brand. Uh, Yeah, you just feel like you're in it. So I I think most brands haven't gotten it right. I think... um, there's a long way to go with it as well. There's massively a long way to go. I mean, diversity itself takes on different meanings in a global context. It could be um, culture, it could be ethnic backgrounds, but it could also be about sexual orientation. It could be about personality. And I just don't feel that luxury brands are tapping into all of those. They've got such a long way to go to ensure that they're, you know, targeting the right people with the right message globally no you're right and I think they need to be very careful now of what that message is um I would say it's just not enough to you know even just diversify ads or customer facing content it needs to start from you know internally it needs to be from head office it needs to be within the company absolutely it it needs to be yeah they need to be held accountable basically for for who they've got working for them yeah and I think they'll see a significant financial loss if they don't adapt themselves in terms of their marketing and PR strategies, but also from head office. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's not, I think it's just not enough. I think brands are quick to jump on and try to ensure it looks like that it's diverse or, it, yes. you know, diverse yeah, yeah, models yeah. from the outside campaigns yeah, from the outside, but it needs to start from within. And, and so like you said, a lot it, of work to be done. it links back to what you just said about um, consumers are wanting that as well. And even from the luxury sector, people are, are researching, people want to understand mm-hmm. what, what's important to a brand. And like I said, it does that match them. And that's what's becoming important. So now if, if, if um, EDI is, you know, at the forefront of a consumer's mm-hmm. wants, then the brands, like you said, they've got to do it, but they've got to do it right. They haven't got to do it for the sake of doing it and ticking some boxes. It's yeah. got to be kind yeah, of yeah, from yeah, the heart right. of the brand, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, they have to care and really want to move forward with this. It's going to take a long time. Honestly, it's going to take a really long time for the industry to get on track. Um, I'm sure it's not the only industry that needs to do the hard work. Um, It feels like the whole world needs to take a look at itself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The whole world. And uh, it's got to be like a 360 look at it and everyone has to do the same, you know, to look at themselves and how they behave and you know, what they're buying into as well, because it all makes an impact on it. If, if you carry on just buying from a brand that you don't feel is being inclusive or diverse, it's just going to carry on. Why wouldn't it? It's, yeah. got, you know, yeah. it's got your money and it's going to go ahead. So you have to, you know, own it from, your, from our side as well as a consumer and buy into brands that you, like I said, that you're aligned with. Right, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's such a strong point. Um, and very, very true. I just hope that brands start to align their business models for the, you know, that that are right and what the consumers want, not just, as you said, for money making purposes and just, you know, getting the ball to just, you know, just ticking over and ticking over and just thinking mm. that they're, you know, just on this wheel and take a step back and say, what do our consumers want? Because it is millennials and Generation Z that are the driving force of change and, you know, they're more accepting they're more open and they know what they want and they want to see change so I'm hoping that this is what we're going to see going forward is just constant evolution of um and transparency you know that's what we need we need transparency from brands absolutely and yeah on every front you know down to sustainability there's just so many aspects of it um that like you said need to be transparent yeah I mean for me even going off on a tangent this is a, this is a subject for a different podcast but even in terms of like disability for me that is something that I'm really passionate about and I know the only brand that I can think of off the top of my head that has even tapped into that is Tommy Hilfiger in 2018 where he launched I think it was like an adaptive wear collection where he had like I think it had like magnetic buttons or certain wow. zips but again there wasn't much you know, it wasn't a huge marketing PR thing around it. And I, there isn't any other brands that I can think of, especially no. in terms of that kind of like luxury high end high street um, sector that are doing that, you know. And I think that's so, so important because, you know, that's, you know, brands aren't inclusive enough, not just no. in terms of EDI, but in terms of like disabilities. You know, there's no, so yeah, much you can tap right. into again, there. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge and, market. Um, as I said, even like with customer facing, um, you know, have they got anyone with disabilities in their ads or videos or content or, you know, as an influencer, 
brands need to think about that. Mm. They really do. Yeah, I think that's slowly starting to trickle in, but again, it's it not enough. Is. It so definitely is. So fingers crossed for the future, fingers pr- crossed that brands will start to listen to their consumers and understanding that luxury doesn't have to be perfection. It doesn't have to be, you know, a six foot size zero model. You mm. know, I I would stop in my tracks and applaud somebody uh, and applaud a brand that had that you know, mix of ethnicities, um, disabilities, yeah. people, you know, brands being inclusive, that's what would make me, you know, read a headline, watch a catwalk, support and back a, a business. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Well, thank you so, so much, Alex, for coming on. We really appreciate it. I think that was an absolutely thank fantastic you. chat. Yeah. It was so insightful. Amazing insight, amazing insight. Loved hearing all about your career. Like, incredible, incredible yeah. woman. And we wish you oh, the best of luck. Obviously, you started your company earlier this year, didn't you? Um, yes. And yes. So, yes, AP Luxury Fashion Consulting. So, um, congratulations on, on starting that and, and going <laughs> off and, you know, um, and, you. And, and putting you first and your family. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, so it'd be lovely to chat to you again soon. Obviously, it's always great to, you know, talk about the luxury sector, talk about the different trends and, and things that are coming up. So we'd love to have you on again. That'd be amazing. Anytime. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, Thank you so, you. so Thank much. You, take Alex. care. Thank Bye. you. Take Thank care. You. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Like to know. Like to know. <clears throat> I'm filing at this um, jingle thing, Ghana. Yes. So me and Laura nearly had an actual scrap over like to know this week. We're not recording it, are we? Yeah. That's not going there, is it? I mean, it is going! Sorry, Pete's just told us how to um, realise that we're recording. Sometimes we start without him, and then other times um, we don't, we're waiting for him, and he just got really stroppy with us. And yes, don't you pull that face. We're telling the listeners the true producer Pete deal. He got very stroppy with us because we didn't know. He's a diva, you know. He's getting all he's getting all cocky because we've got a five-star podcast. <laughs> no, but anyway, one day we're actually going to do a like to know on PP and we're going to get him set up. We should. We should. We're, we're, we're there. So on a serious note, we did nearly have a fun <laughs> We didn't have a fight, but like we were like, right, what would you like to know? And Laura had a brand and I had a brand. So we just thought, you know what? We'll do both. We'll do both. You know, compromise is the key to a really good, solid relationship. We do have a solid relationship. We do, but on the, on the back of that, I'm going first. So, <laughs> of course, she is. It's about compromise, not. Um, so, I mean, I'm just going to big up this brand. You guys know I am a bargain hunter, and I just love it. I don't think Laura could think of anything worse. Than I absolutely doing. can't. This is so, just not ideal for me. I am a massive fan. <laughs> I know, why am I ashamed? I love my bargains. I am a huge goddamn fan of everything five pounds dot com. <laughs> I just love it, right? I found everything five pounds dot com oh, years ago on the side of the amateur theatre, uh, which I absolutely love. So if you fancy coming to see me in Panto this year, I am a fairy in Sleeping Beauty. Oh, no, you're not. Yeah. Oh, yes, ah. Yeah, big shout out to Sutton Arts Theatre. Um, and someone said to me, great for costumes. I mean, you go on this website and there's some absolute trash on there. I mean, what Phoebe brought for your Hindu outfit was divine. That was from the, the Yeah, that was from the theatre, yeah. Oh, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, uh, one of my several Hindus. Um, That's great. But there's so much stuff on there. I can't do it to myself. I actually bought a dress from Boohoo the day, a black one. And hey, it was just the quite. It was so see through. I think it depends what you get because I'll get some such great stuff. It's the first thing I've bought in years from Boohoo. I think it's just yeah, let you down. Let me down. That's really sad. So down. But everything five pounds dot com and what they don't advertise the fact the stuff that they have. I think it's like old sale stock and and stuff like that that goes to them. And the amount of times I've ordered stuff and it's turned up and it's got like brand labels in them. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like an own brand cheapy. Oh, no, no. I mean, some of the stuff comes in, it's got like supplier labels in, so it might have been going to X brand, Y brand. Oh. But we don't actually know that. But I I mean, I've ordered loads over the years. I've had like jumpers with the Oasis tags in them, New Look, Topshop. Obviously, no, I know it's Oh, that's different because that could be a returns thing. Yeah, they could bulk buy all the returns. It's a bit like that New Life that I go to as well. Okay, so it's great for sustainability. Yeah, fine. Sal stock sitting in a stock room. That's fantastic. But it's one of those you don't know what you're ordering until it comes. What do you mean? Like you don't know what brand it is. That they oh, I thought advertise. you meant you just click and you pay £5 oh, and something random turns no, up. No, 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 no. So I love it. So, you know, sometimes stuff goes back. Sometimes I sit looking through the new arrivals and I'm like, oh my God, there's, there's some terrible stuff on here. Do you have um, to pay for returns? Surely uh, the return... You know what? I, I don't know if I've ever... I must have returned something. The only thing I don't like, I'm sorry, £5.com, I love you, is the postage goes up the more you put in. Oh. 
I'd just give me a set but postage. But the standard parcel's like £3.40, isn't it? Yeah. But then what if it gets over £5? Like, well, I'll just, oh. keep, just keep what's in the parcel. Well, yeah, maybe that's part of it. Um, but I just love it. And there's another brand as well, which I haven't ordered from, which I came across. No, you can't have two months. brands, sorry. No, but they're can't quite go. similar. They're probably owned by the same person. Single price store. No, so everything's either £5 or 10 and that's a single price so it doesn't really work but I think it's the same kind of thing and I'm going to order off it and just see what comes let us know but yeah. do a review I will do a review and compare the two that would be nice yeah I'll order some so basically you've just given me an excuse to do some shopping of course I have excellent so mine is a lovely company called The Napco now they've got about 40,000 followers on Instagram so I guess in terms of how big they are. They might still be a little bit small. Oh, I've not heard of them. Maybe we need to get them on. Oh, they'd be so good. Um, they started off by doing um, sleepwear, like like pyjamas. Um, loads of, like, I think their strategy was to send it out to loads of influ- influencers, get them to wear it. They do, like, silk scrunchies as well. Um, but an influencer called Nadia, I can't think of her surname, did a review on their bras. And I was like, she was like, they are the best thing you will ever wear. They are the softest, just so so good and I thought do you know what I am that person and that fool that buys into stuff that people yeah, recommend going back to season one I love a fad is, here I am is. and I thought do you know what I'm going to do it so their bras are £30 um, their postage is £5 and I'm not going to lie Jesus Christ one sec sorry backtrack £30 for a bra £30 for a bra where do you get your bras from? Primark do Asta. you see I don't know whether I'm just an odd size but I have to get like um yeah I suppose my bras depends. tend to be about 30 quid anyway oh my god I go to feminist to get measured yeah and then just go and buy that size in Primark or oh. Asta as oh, like, yeah I think Asta bras are great I've not got any bras under interesting mm. yeah but um, that, that I could get about seven I can't do but no, that. you've no. got you've got to try it. You know that like seamless material. It's like that. It almost feels a little bit like swimwear as well. But it's it's not wired um, because who wants to do that anymore? No. But would you not? I don't know. Would you not just go and get like a sports bra type? It's not thing like that, here. honestly. Oh. You just it's it sounds ridiculous when you say it's like butter on your skin. I mean, this is what she did to me earlier. I just looked. It. I wish you could like see. I wish you, it's just it's <laughs> so nice. I'm wearing it now, and I'm like, do you know what? My little puppies are so snug, wow. so comfy. <laughs> There, it's just a, it's a joy to wear piece. PP's face. It's a joy to wear. I've actually ordered another one that hopefully is going to be at home when I get there because I ordered it in, in nude as well. Oh. But honestly, so, so comfy. Try it. I'll just back to a Primark, do a version. I can't believe it's £30. I think that's all right. I'm going to, I'm going to do my research. I think you need to be open-minded about everything at £5. Yep, that okay, And I'm fine. going to be, what's it called? The Napco. The Napco. If I could take it off now and give it to you to try it on, oh, I would. Oh, well, birthday's might, coming up. <laughs> might, there you go. There you go. Maybe I need some Napco in my life. The only weird thing is, is that the sizing, it's like small, medium or large. But if, like, if you're a large... I don't know, the size is just a bit strange. That that must be quite difficult because sometimes you could be like wide round the chest, but, but a smaller chest. Cuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So how does that work? But yeah, maybe it's like that flexible in, in the fabric. It's yeah, kind of... it's just, it's so comfy. It feels like you're not wearing a bra. So um, yeah, that's oh, my shout out to product of the podcast. Yeah, love them. Would love to chat to them about, I don't know, how they how they got to it. Just, honestly, it's just an absolute delight. Game changer. Get Game changer. Okay, so it's the saddest part of the show where we have to say goodbye. It's more violins. Oh, I feel like we need a song. You know, like, remember Bear in the Big the Bear in the Big Blue House? Remember Bear in the Big Blue House? No. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. No idea. I'm really... What about so long, farewell, nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, yeah. Why are we singing so much this episode? I have no idea. Anyway. I'm sorry. liking it though. Sorry everyone. So that's it. That's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed our interview and lots of our discussions. As always, please keep messaging us on Instagram. We get some lovely messages, don't we? But also, as a little plea, please, 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 please leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. It's, it makes a huge difference to us. Yeah, it helps it really us does. get... Um, into the charts, as you know, we were number three. We want to get that position again. Yeah. Um, and your reviews and subscription subscriptions yeah. help us get there. It works like an algorithm. So the more you like support us or rate us and download, it, it makes us more visible to other people. Then yeah. And obviously, we just want to grow. We just want lots more. You know, lots more listeners. So if you've got, if you can do anything for us today, as we've entertained you for the last. 
40, 50 minutes. It'd be lovely if you can just pop onto iTunes. Even if you just want to write, do us a five star, because we, we, we're no less than a five star, my lovelies. Uh, <laughs> write a few comments. Um, that'd be really great. Click it that doesn't download. cost a penny to do. No, we just really, really appreciate the support. And we do read them, and it's really, really nice. And actually, that'd be great. I mean, we're, we're at 30, we've got 35 five star reviews, which is amazing. I want to get to 50. That's Help our next me goal. get that. That's our next goal. We want to be at 50. We always said when we started this podcast, what were our two goals? And mine was to get into the top 10, which we have done at number three, which yes. was incredible. And Sophie's was to have somebody um, come on to our university course, knowing and hearing about the podcast. And I've got to shout out to the lovely Charlotte, who is one of our first years that started a couple of weeks ago. And she left the nicest review, didn't she? Saying yes. that she had been listening to our podcast before she started the course and that she's really excited to join now and listening to us talk about industry and guests. And that was just the most, like... It's hum- really humbling. Yeah, it's the most rewarding, lovely thing to hear. So yeah, we do funny, see them. It? Cause we, we sit we sit in the studio and we're just talking away to us and Pete's like raising his eyebrows as we moan at him and you know. Um it just sometimes you just feels good. Not lonely. Podcasting isn't lonely. You don't know who this... you're reaching, do yeah. you, and who's hearing it. And I think because we, we do this off our own back outside of, of work, that it's something that we enjoy so much and if we keep getting the listens, the shares, the subscriptions, it makes then it all worth we it. can keep doing it as well. Yeah, so just let us know what you love about it. Any um, feedback. And we will absolutely give some shout-outs, and that's really important. Yeah, that 100%. We recognise our community of the fashionemic listeners. I feel like we need you know, the, the Bleebers and the Swifties. I feel like we need, like, a name for that, the Fashademics followers. Could just be hashtag Fashademics. I mean, oh no, we deserve <laughs> the more FFs, than that. Fashademic followers. Oh, the FFs, yeah. We'll, we'll work on that. Maybe actually, if you've got some suggestions, that'd be lovely. Who are you? What are we about? Anyway, until next time, we will see you for episode three. As always, we have amazing industry guests and lots of fab topics. Thank you so much. See you soon, guys. Oh my god, yes! The four of us can hit the town for being bed by ten. I'm gonna bring the dogs and dress them up. Simba's got a pumpkin out, not pumpkin. Oh, uh, Christmas pudding. Oh, you guys will get the annual um, Christmas card. Christmas card of the dog. Every year he gets a new outfit and he gets his own photo shoot. And I get it printed on a card and I send it out to people. What's the theme this year? I'm not telling you. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.